Hey there, it's Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR. Before we get into the next episode, I wanted to ask that you subscribe to the show. It'll help us get even more unique and interesting guests on the podcast and in turn continue to educate management teams and the growing ecosystem that creates value for fast-growing private and public companies. And while you're at it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating. Very much appreciated. It was that 99, 2000 timeframe when the dot-com craziness that happened, there was just so much new innovation. Media was going online, commerce was going online, B2C, B2B, all the buzzwords that we know about. Studying new industry trends is one thing, but to capitalize them, you need to ask the right questions. I would say the first thing that we think about when we start a new corporate venture fund is you know, setting it up for success. And the first thing you think about is, you know, what are the goals? How, what are we trying to accomplish here? And how do we measure those goals? Being a public company can be hard. Small missteps can have outsized consequences. I'm Tom Ryan, founder and CEO of ICR, and over the last 20 years, we've helped thousands of companies understand and navigate the stock market and the media. We'll demystify these and other increasingly complex stakeholder groups so you can focus on what you do best, building your company, and unlocking your true potential. This is Welcome to the Arena. Building partnerships and investing strategically is key to the growth of any business. However, for big corporations and small startups, creating and managing a variety of partnerships can be challenging. My guest on this episode created his company to help ease that friction. Today, we're sitting down with David Horowitz, founder and CEO of Touchdown Ventures. Touchdown partners with leading corporations to manage their venture capital funds. Currently, they partner with Kellogg, T-Mobile, Amerisource, Bergen, Olympus, and Erie Insurance, Masco, and ColorCon, just to name a few. Prior to starting Touchdown, David was a founding partner and managing director at Comcast Ventures for nearly 15 years. There, he focused on investments in digital media, advertising technology, digital home education, and financial technology. David also helped start and was partner at GenCast Ventures, a seed stage venture capital fund affiliated with Comcast Ventures. Prior to Comcast, David worked in investment banking at Bear Stearns. He started the South Jersey Tech Collective, a networking group of entrepreneurs and investors in South Jersey. David is also, interestingly, the inventor of a board game frequent flyer, which he developed during COVID and will tell us about it later in the show. And he is a graduate of the University of Michigan, Go Blue. Let's enter the arena with David Horowitz. I actually did a lot of work in the cable industry when I was in investment banking. I had this unique opportunity to actually work for one of the founders of Comcast, a guy named Julian Brodsky. Julian had this idea to go out and do venture investing to really think about what's next on the horizon for Comcast. So really amazing opportunity to work with Julian, joined there in 2000 and ended up working there for almost 15 years, did dozens of investments for Comcast, mostly in early stage technology companies. Comcast partnered with a number of those companies to bring new businesses to market or new products to market. Comcast ended up acquiring some of those companies. We started out mostly as a minority investor, just to make that clear. And then about back in 2014, I started ideating on this idea because Comcast's venture fund was so successful, I started thinking, 
every big company should have one of these, but they probably don't know how to do it because they don't have that experience. And that, so that's the impetus of starting Touchdown Ventures, which we started in 2014. And I'm sure we will talk a lot about on this in this conversation. When you start a company and you're out there pitching it to people, you want to have some name. You don't want to say, I, I didn't think David Horowitz Ventures was the right name. I always knew this firm was going to be more than me. So it was really a holding name and people really liked it and it was fun. And obviously it speaks to scoring points and winning and results. And so we kept it. Yeah, totally. Just back to Comcast and, and when it all started up, you mentioned the founder. What do you think he saw in the market and what was the kind of integrated strategy from seeding some of these small companies and how that would create value ultimately up at the parent in Comcast? It was just a really interesting time. It was that 99, 2000 timeframe when you might remember the, the dot-com kind of, you know, craziness that, that happened. And so there was just so much new innovation. Obviously, media was going online, commerce was going online, B2C, B2B, all the buzzwords that we know about. And I think what Julian saw was, I got to understand this because it's going to impact Comcast. And Julian, being a finance guy that he was, said, the best way for me to understand this is I need to go build a pipeline of those opportunities. And if they're good, we should invest our capital into it. And so that was really the key thesis around starting this venture capital fund. Some of the early investments that we ended up making were companies like TiVo, which was one of the first digital video recording companies. We invested in a company called VeriSign, which really is one of the key backbone technologies. You know, the HTTPS, the secure, was really invented by VeriSign. So really ended up backing some of the key and core, you know, both technology and consumer brands. And and Comcast, you know, ended up doing partnerships with a number of these companies, as I mentioned. And so kind of really became a kind of, I would call, double bottom line in the sense of the investments made money, but also generated this other impact and commercial relationships for Comcast to help them bring new products to market. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you know, relative to the balance sheet of a Comcast or some of your other partners, I would imagine the checks that they're writing are not overly significant. Do they care about the financial returns of the investment or what's the measurement there? What's the criteria? What are they really looking for? Yeah, I would say it depends on the corporation, but most corporations care more about that quote unquote strategic value, strategic impact. You know, how is this helping us launch new businesses, bring new revenue in? But, you know, what we've always thought goes back to what I learned from Julian at Comcast is you should be able to do both. You should build a portfolio that this should be a profit center. A lot of innovation activities, Tom, as you know, you don't always know whether they make profits. This is a series of innovation activities that you know whether they make a profit. You know how much you invested. And a lot of these other activities, whether, again, it be the commercial relationships or new businesses or even a pipeline of M&A, all things that uh, we saw at both at Comcast and what I see at Touchdown, can all come out of this profitable venture capital fund business that that a corporation can launch. Yeah. Now, I, I would imagine, given your position, you've seen a lot of corporations try and do this on their own and maybe not succeed. What are the reasons that they might fail or they think they have an expertise that maybe they don't? Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. I would say... The first thing that we think about when we start a new corporate venture fund is, you know, setting it up for success. And the first thing you think about is, you know, what are the goals? How, what are we trying to accomplish here? And how do we measure those goals? And so oftentimes I'll ask corporations, ones that we're not working with, working with them, we're very regimented on setting up these types of goals and KPIs. And they'll say, I don't know. 
how do you do this if you don't have those goalposts or aspirations of what you want to accomplish here? And then I would say the other thing is this does take financing and funding commitment. I don't think that this will be successful if you do this more on an ad hoc or one-off basis because venture capital is a long-term asset class. It, companies might be uh, take five, seven, up to 10 years to realize their value, and you might need to have capital to continue supporting those companies. And so thinking about this like a venture capitalist would, which is let's build a portfolio Let's make sure we allocate the capital both to new investments and what we call the follow-on investments or the investments in the subsequent rounds of these companies. So those are a couple of things. The other thing I would see, I do think this is something where the CEO or whoever the, the key leadership of the company really needs to get behind this if it's really not really led by the top. I've seen that also, you know, sometimes it just doesn't get the support from the organization that it needs to sustain itself over that longer period of time. So it's another thing that we typically see and we typically look for in the type of corporate partner that we want to look at. Having someone like a Julian, who while he wasn't the CEO, as one of the founders, was one of the reasons why that venture fund at Comcast was so successful. No, that's really interesting. If I'm a startup company, and I have something really successful on my hands. You know, I start going out to Palo Alto and I meet with all the VCs out there. What do you think the perception is of, a, of an entrepreneur who has a great company taking capital from a corporation essentially versus a venture capital fund? And what are like the pros and cons in there of, of going with a corporation? Yeah, well, I, venture capital is a funny industry where it's a very collaborative industry. So most of the corporate VC transactions that we're involved with, we are investing with other financial investors. So it's not one of those zero-sum games. You know, We all can kind of invest together. And in in, uh, building the right syndicate and the series of investors is actually really important for a startup. And so uh, obviously, you're going to detect a lot of bias from me of of the pros, which is you know, somebody that really understands the industry, because if you're in the corporate VC environment, you're probably only focusing on an industry that's relative to your corporation. You probably have the right connections, whether it's at your corporation or other corporations to make things happen, to facilitate partnerships or revenue or other things. And, you know, you bring credibility to the startup, the ability for the startup to say, you know, I've received an investment from a Comcast or a Kellogg's or T-Mobile or name the, the corporation that's in corporate venture. That's really helpful from a PR, from a communications, from attracting other capital. In terms of the cons, you know, I, I would say it's probably more perception con that it's, okay, if I take an investment from Comcast, can I also do business with some of their competitors? And you know, as a corporate VC, I don't put restrictions on, and we don't like to put restrictions on the startups to do that. So that's more perception, but it's not really reality. But that would be the one con that I hear from some startups on why, why they may be more reluctant to um, to take money from a, from a corporation. Yep. As I was kind of preparing for the interview, in my mind, I would have only thought that tech companies start VC arms, but you know, you mentioned Kellogg and I was kind of struck. That just didn't seem to compute to me and maybe other people listening. You're seeing this across every industry, right? Yeah. And most of the growth and corporate VC did start with companies like an Intel or Cisco or Xerox back in the day doing investments in startups. So it started in just like the rest of the venture world in Silicon Valley and those types of companies. But now you're really looking at, you know, companies in all different industries you know, whether it's a Kellogg's, a JetBlue, a United Airlines, the automotive industry, 
you know, pharmaceutical companies, you know, in technology and innovation is affecting every industry. I mean, we're right now in the middle and really, I would say in the early to mid stages of this artificial intelligence revolution, that's going to affect, it'd be hard for you to come up with an industry that's not going to affect. And that's the point of the activities that we do is we're going to get ahead of that. We're going to understand that. Even that's one of the things that's really important about corporate venture is there's a lot of value when you think about venture capital, again, you think about, okay, I got to go invest in startups, but there's a lot of value in even in when you don't invest, because there's things that you learn for the corporation, understanding how some of this new technology, how quickly or not quickly it's going to disrupt or impact your core business. And that's a lot of what a great corporate venture capitalist does. They're doing more than just being an investor. They're really contributing to the, even to the corporate strategy of these organizations. Touchdown Ventures has a vast portfolio of corporate partners in industries that include tech, agriculture, and health and wellness. David explained what kind of company is an ideal partner for Touchdown. I think having you know really a CEO-driven organization that really has said, this is really important. We need to get in front of technology. There's a long-term view of this, because I don't, again, as we talked about, this isn't the type of activity that works very well in short term. It's more of a medium to long-term opportunity. And having the resource in the organization, because you can make a lot of investments in companies, but you need resources in the organization and people and that can actually work and support and, and take these companies in and you know, make magic with them. And so those are some of the ingredients in the building box that we're looking for. You know, those would be great partners for us. But, but it's agnostic to industry. You know, we work with companies from healthcare to industrial to we have a whole practice area called Bill World, which is the real estate technology construction world. We talked about consumer and food. Agriculture is a category for us. So this really does go across almost every sector of the economy, as, as, as we've talked about. Yeah. And that's certainly a high level explanation. How about some specific examples of success that kind of demonstrates the touchdown venture model works? Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great question. So we have a, a media company that we've been working with for a number of years. They actually had a specific challenge they were looking to solve around advertising measurement, which is probably an area near and dear to your heart as a marketing company, Tom. And so this is a good example where we, you know, our team canvassed the landscape, talked to, you know, two dozen companies that have different solutions. You know, we're, you know, looking at this both from a venture investment perspective, but also understanding how to solve this problem. And in this particular case, really good example, we actually, we found a particular company that we actually thought could solve this problem. We actually didn't invest in the company for a number of reasons, but actually ended up facilitating this partnership. And I think this really solved a significant problem. I know the media company has said that this has brought a number of new advertisers in having this particular media attribution technology. You know, I don't want to throw out numbers because it's not my numbers to share, but they would say, you know, delivered um, significant impact. We have a couple of other examples where, you know, while we've, the, a lot of these funds have generated profits and are you know, generating tens of millions of dollars of profits, we've also been involved in generating dozens of commercial relationships between the startups and the corporations to fill up some of the product gaps, like the one I mentioned for the media company. It's hard to, to have a conversation like this without talking about the current environment, you know, sitting here with record inflation and much higher interest rates and just feels like the world has changed in the last 12 months. How has the current economic environment affected your business? 
So there's two parts of our business. There's the part of touchdown adding more corporates. We have not seen that affect our business. I think there, there continues to be more innovation is not stopping. It's not pausing in this environment. So I think this still solves a major necessity for corporations around the innovation, as we've talked about. The other part of our business is obviously working with these corporations to do the venture capital investment. And that one is actually, there's some positive elements that this is, you know, more what I would call more of an investor's market than- um, Yeah, I was going to ask you that. It seems like more of a buyer's market, It's more of a buyer's market, exactly. So valuations are coming down, deal activity is going down. I think the value of a corporate is actually more, when it's so easy to raise money, anyone is going to send you a check. You're just going to take the first check that comes. Now, you know, companies are being a little bit more thoughtful about, you know, who do I really want? Who can really- fundraising to be difficult. I need people that can really help me grow this business because it might be harder to raise capital. And so I think corporates are actually more valuable, not that they weren't in the previous environment. So we're seeing that in terms of our deal flow. We have a big portfolio of investments with our corporate partners. And you know we're very focused on making sure they have the runway to hit their milestones because it is a very difficult fundraising environment if you need to raise capital. We're obviously trying to encourage our companies to make sure if they're burning capital to you know extending that, we call extending that runway given this environment. Yeah, I would bet that some traditional VCs also like oversell what they can do sure. and how they can help. And corporations really have, you know, if they're committed, they have big teams, strategic, they know the industry, you know. So I would imagine that's a factor in entrepreneurs, you know, where they take that dollar, you know, a dollar is just not a dollar anymore. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. When you look at touchdown and look out the next three to five years, what what are you looking to accomplish? What is, what does the future trajectory look like for touchdown? Yeah, we, we really believe in this business and, you know, we started this business in 2014 and we had, you know, one, really one corporate partner when we started and now we're approaching about 20 and we think that we can continue to double the business and grow the business. So there's so many corporations that are not doing this that should be. So that's really our our primary objective. And we'll continue to add more, more resources on our end. We're thinking about you know how we build out our team. One of the big things that you probably hear in venture capital is building a platform of resources that could support portfolio companies. So that's sort of one of the next frontier that we keep thinking about where we're investing. And that's ultimately where we can drive a lot of the impact for the for the portfolio companies. Yeah, well, I have no doubt that you're going to do it. My last question, I've been waiting to ask this because it's so interesting. You started your own board game during the pandemic, which is pretty cool. I went to the website. Tell us about the board game and where you can find it because uh, it's really, really cool. Awesome. It's called Frequent Flyer. Before the pandemic, I was a big frequent flyer. I love the idea of collecting, maximizing my frequent flyer miles. I realized this is really a game, isn't it? And so I started ideating on you know, turning this into a board game and uh, found a graphic designer and we built it together in a relatively short amount of time and came into market. I think it was like summer of 2021. So it's been out for a couple of years, got some nice accolades in terms of good housekeeping, seal of approvals and things like that, which is always great. And you could buy it on our website, which is frequentflyergame.com. And it's also most of the sales are actually on Amazon, get free shipping through Amazon Prime as well. Touchdown has found a great niche connecting strong, innovative startups with corporations looking for investable assets that they can help scale. 
They're building exciting partnerships and growing great businesses that they ultimately help bring over the goal line. At Welcome to the Arena, we're working really hard to bring you exciting guests and great content. If you found this episode insightful, subscribe to the show on your podcast app and leave us a five-star rating. The more the show grows, the more interesting voices we can have on the podcast. And in turn, that should demystify a lot of the stakeholders around public companies and soon-to-be public companies. Thanks for listening. I'd like to thank David Horowitz for joining me today on the show. He's offering invaluable expertise to big companies that are looking for strategic assets that help build long-term equity value for their enterprise. This is Tom Ryan. We'll see you next time back in the arena. References to specific stocks are not intended to be recommendations for specific trading behavior. Comments presented on this podcast are intended for informational and educational purposes only and do not represent opinions or recommendations on whether to buy, sell, or hold shares of a particular stock. All investors are advised to conduct their own independent research into individual stocks before making a trading decision. In addition, investors are advised that past stock performance is no guarantee of future price performance.